Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. In September of 1991, the ruling government of the Soviet Union admitted something it had denied for nearly 60 years. During the Stalin era, officials once forgot to set the national clocks back one hour when they came off winter daylight saving time. They were so embarrassed by the oversight that the Soviet government stayed on the wrong time and denied the whole thing for nearly six decades. You see, the issue of time is at the center of our biblical text for our study today. We would do well not to deny the crucial importance of time in our sacred journey. Let's go to the epistle of James, chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. It says, Pay attention, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town. We will stay there a year, buying and selling and making a profit. You don't really know about tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for only a short while before it vanishes. Here's what you ought to say. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But now you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. It is a sin when someone knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it. Well, today I want to probe for a few minutes this reality of life called time. How we use time or how it uses us depends on whether we are on the road to nowhere or if we're walking in the paths of righteousness. William Penn, the founder of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, once shared, time is what we want most, but what we use worst. You may know someone who always seems to be the right person at the right place at the right time. I've always been struck by Galatians 4.4, which says that in the fullness of time, Jesus came. Now, what James is trying to share in our verses today is that we have no right to ignore God's will for our lives under the guise of planning and scheming. James knew this reality firsthand. He had resisted his half-brother Jesus' teaching for the duration of his earthly ministry, but his life took a new direction when he experienced the resurrection. Yes, James is sharing with us that there is a big difference between the time that is recorded by the hands of wristwatches and those events locked away in the mystery and providence of God. We live in that tension between our sense of timing and God's timing. We know it is better to seek God's time but we often fall prey to clock time. 
it's my belief and also a great comfort to me that God knows the human spirit and the human heart better than anyone else. God has known for a long time that, well, we're not very patient people. God knows that most folks don't like to wait very well. I think Adam and Eve first gave God this insight. God recognizes that so often our understanding of time is limited to the clock and therefore it is fragmented and finite compared to God's sense of time, which is eternal. I believe the Bible teaches us in this scripture lesson and in other places of sacred scripture that we are to view time from a different perspective. We are to use time, but not allow time to use us. We are not at the mercy of a secular society because we are to move to a beat of a different drummer. We are to seek wisdom from above. We, we learn to lean on the creator for life's purpose, not on the offers of the tempter. We are to be a people dependent on God. We are not called to be self-sufficient, but rather we are called to have the mind of Christ. In his insightful book, The Road Less Traveled, the distinguished psychiatrist M. Scott Peck has one word that he uses frequently to describe a well-adjusted human being. That word is balanced. And that is what James is sharing with us. When God's wisdom becomes immersed in our lives, it gives us a balance to this tension of time that we all face. Almost everyone knows the reality of constantly trying to catch up and seldom ever getting ahead. This stress and this pressure of everyday demands to, to do things leads us down the road to nowhere. However, we know that God has a better plan for us than a road to nowhere. God desires us to run the good race in the paths of righteousness onward to the finish line of life, not to run in circles. You know, someone has written, I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it, just a little minute, but eternity is in it. So let's spend a few moments thinking about this concept of time. First, time is not a tyrant, but it's a tool used by God for us. Just Imagine today if, if you had a bank that credited your account each morning with $86,400. That carried over no balance from day to day 
and allowed you to keep no cash in your account. And every evening, everything, whatever was left in that part account would be canceled. Whatever you did not use would be lost. What would you do? I bet you would draw out every cent, of course. Well, you and I, we have a bank, and its name is Time. And every morning, we are credited with 86,400 seconds. And every night, it rules off as lost whatever we have failed to invest in good purposes. It carries over no balance. It allows no overdrafts. That means the way in which we deal with time affects how much wealth we discover in our human experience. If we greet each new day as a treasure house to be invested wisely, the progression from Sunday to Saturday turns into an exciting and exhilarating experience. By the same token, if we do not use time wisely, well, it will end up using us. No matter where you are, where you live, what you do, our life is impacted most drastically by what we do with time and what it does with you. You know, Will Rogers was once asked, if you had only 48 hours to live, how would you spend them? The Oklahoma cowboy philosopher replied, one at a time. Such is the reality of time. Every day gives us 86,400 seconds, and we must use every one of them as they come, for they will never be seen again. But ironically, there is another side to this crucial issue for each one of us. There's an altogether different dimension of time which only people of faith can ever know. There is time which no wristwatch can measure, but which itself measures much abundance people, how much abundance people find in life. Beyond the world's time, there is God's time. That means that the basic issue is learning to tell one kind of time from the other. We must know when to wait. We must know when to move. And only when we are connected to God can we really know the difference. Time is not a tyrant, but rather a tool to do the work of God. We know that in Romans 8.28, God has promised that he will work all things to the good with those who believe. Now, let me illustrate it this way. A missionary couple went to Brazil. In one of their newsletters, which they mailed to friends, they included a calendar of events in their lives. At the top of the calendar, they had written our schedule. And under that heading, they had placed goals for their ministry 
And beside each goal, they had written a projected date for attaining it. Then they had crossed out the word our on our schedule and had changed it to read God's schedule. And beside each of the goals was a date when it had been met. Now, some still did not have any dates by them. The couple concluded by saying that they had learned a lot about God's timing and the importance of waiting on Him. And that's exactly what James is communicating to us in verses 13 and 14. James knew that even careful planning can be turned into a substitute for God's perfect will. Even something so insightful as, you know, management by goals and objectives can become destructive and counterproductive if it is not blessed by God. So that's why James was so upset with the businessmen with whom he was associated. Christians begin each day acknowledging God as they plan and live out their plans. James reminds them, it is arrogant to think that we control everything and know everything. Our technology, while it is a great asset, it is minuscule before our awesome God. The future and its outcome is in the Lord's hands and we must just acknowledge that. Recently, uh, I read of a syndicated cartoonist by the name of uh, Kathy Geiswaite. I think that's how you pronounce it, creator of the comic strip Kathy. She graduated from the University of Michigan in 1972. She was invited back to speak to the class of 1994 and shared this insight that she had learned in this time span of 22 years. She said, I graduated with a class committed to open love, open thinking, open doors, open everything. 22 years later, the people of my class are getting cash out of a machine and dinner out of a clown's mouth. And it isn't even possible to get a human being on the phone at the phone company. In Los Angeles, the only chance I have of a meaningful encounter with a person is if I smash into one with my car. Our technology is not all-knowing and all-powerful. Only God is. Your time, my time, is nothing without Him. You can plan well, but not wisely. If you set goals, set them prayerfully and humbly. Never boast about yourself, but boast about our Savior. St. Thomas Kempis said it best when he said, Man purposes, but God disposes. This is what James is saying in in verse 14 when he writes, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for only a short while before it vanishes. Second point. 
God is always working in our lives, turning our detours and our roadblocks into doors of opportunities. Often we find ourselves just marking time or, or, or believing that our sense of time is wrong or awkward. However, God is always at work. Let me illustrate it this way. In 1945, a young associate pastor named Cliff married his fiancée, Billy. They had very little money, but they scraped up enough, enough to take a honeymoon. When they arrived at the hotel, they were told it was now a rehabilitation center and not available for overnight guests. Well, they hitchhiked to a grocery store several miles away down the road, the owner was sympathetic to their situation and he let them stay in a little room just above the grocery store. The owner quickly caught on that they were Christians and referred to them and referred them to an, uh, a friend who had a nicer place for them to spend the rest of their honeymoon. Well, during the week, their host invited them to attend a youth rally at a nearby Christian conference center. The regular song leader was ill that night, so Cliff was asked if he might take charge of the music service. He consented and led the music before a young evangelist named Billy stepped up to preach. Cliff Barrows met Billy Graham that night and formed a ministry team that preached the gospel throughout the world for nearly 50 years. You see, Christ deals with us according to his timing. Jesus possesses an acute and accurate, amazing sense of timing. When your plans don't seem to work out, maybe God has something better in mind. He sure did for Cliff and Billy. This is why George Herbert, the Anglican priest and poet once wrote, Teach me my God and King in all things thee to see, and what I do in anything to do it unto thee. <clears throat> you see, James is trying to teach us the importance of committing each day to God's purpose and to God's plan. It, it's totally awesome to me to consider that the eternal one, the one who was considered the ancient of days, actually wants to enter my time and my space and direct my steps and my paths. It's an offer too good to be passed up. The reason we commit all our decisions and plans to God is because, because we know that His wisdom is greater, deeper, and wider than our knowledge. That's why James declares in verse 15, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But now you boast and brag, and such boasting is evil. Yes, how foolish is it for us to determine the future when we have enough trouble with today's challenges? Despite our most detailed planning, God's plan prevails. 
And finally, James writes that wasting time now prevents good works from being accomplished now. We all know how we can be so preoccupied or so deep in thought that we don't hear the loved ones speaking to us when they're right there in the same room. This is why Mother Teresa wrote, spread love everywhere you go. First of all, in your own home. Give love to your children, to your wife or husband, to a next door neighbor. Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile, kindness in your own warm greeting. What would you say to your spouse or children if you only had five minutes to live? Now, don't waste time. Say it to them today. Just as James instructs in verse 17, it is a sin when someone knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it. James here is saying that not only is it sinful to do that which is wrong, but it is also sinful to fail to do that which is right. I want to conclude today's program by sharing with you a portion of a prayer written by a French Catholic priest, Father Michael Croix. I went out, Lord. Men were coming and going, walking and running. Everything was rushing, cars, trucks, the street, the whole town. Men were rushing not to waste time. They were rushing after time, to catch up with time, to gain time. In his prayer, Father Qua shows the futility of trying to save time. He looks to the God who is beyond time and concludes that God made no mistake in apportioning time as God did. Then he concludes the prayer this way, I'm not asking you tonight, Lord, for time to do this and then that, but your grace to do conscientiously in the time that you give me what you want me to do. That is exactly what James asks us to do in our sacred journey. Do this, and the tension of time will not be a torture, but a treat. Don't stay on the wrong time for 60 years of your life. Give your life and all your plans to Him. Then, Oh, then you will have the time of your life. Let's pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of time. And Father, may we recognize that we need to set each day according to your plans and purposes for our lives. Father, I pray that you will guide us in the paths of righteousness so that our lives may fulfill those objectives that you have set for each and every one of us. Father, please bless each and every viewer today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, we've come to that point in our program where we have our special offer for our viewers. On each and every program, we like to offer you something to help you in your spiritual journey. And today is no exception. We have this new book. I'm not, I don't think we've ever offered this book before. It is called Daring to Ask God for More. Discover that the keys to answered prayer is daring to ask for more. We'd love to send you this little booklet. It is filled with all kinds of precious information that will help you in your daily journey. It is a gift from Lessons for Living Television. The book will arrive in your home, postage paid, no obligation whatsoever on your part. If you would like to request your free copy of this book, listen carefully to the information we're about to provide. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we go, I want to share with you a couple of things, a couple of the ways that we can remain connected between broadcasts. Go to our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are available on the website. Follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning I put out a one minute devotional video. You can get that by following me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, go to SoundCloud, download an audio of today's program, Carry it with you on your phone. You can listen to it at your convenience. Very quickly, want to let you know of another aspect of our ministry that is the overseas humanitarian work that we do. You can learn more about that side of our ministry by visiting our website at missionnowcanada.com. Why not make plans of coming along with us? It sounds cliche, but it is life-changing as you actively get involved in helping alleviate suffering of those that are less fortunate than we are. So think about that, missionnowcanada.com. Um, when you call the program, we can't always get to you. Be patient. If you leave a voicemail, leave your address on the voicemail. That makes it easier for us to get, to get the gifts out to you. We are all out of time. We really enjoyed spending these 30 minutes with you. We hope to get the chance to do it again next time. 
It won't be the same if you're not here. So why not join us? Until then, God bless you. We'll see you back here again real soon.